One, two, three, four. In this podcast, you will be here. Knights of Vader, Knights of Vader. Includes, but is not led to. Talk of Star Wars, not Reagans. We can't truly prepare for the jump that follows this song. But hey, we give it a try. So here's the Knights of they are divided For equal, sequel, hate, and love they fight I know that we are just musicians hired And their time is up So here's the Knights of Vader Impressive Most impressive a big thank you to An Inspiriority Complex for providing our theme song. It is December 8th, the day after the Day of Infamy. My name is Zach Weber, and joining me today is the owner still of the Fat Bib Fortuna action figure, Chris Porteous. I knew this day would come. Happy to be here, guys. And joining us is Grand Admiral Zanger. I was sick from work. Uh, I was sick yesterday. I watched this. Then I had to finish watching this, and I still would take the sickness I had over watching this again. Mm, someone's tipping their hand a little too hard right there. Oh, I can tip it harder. <laughs> oh, I bet you will. And we have insert cute nickname here, Joe Yazo. Kalima, how is everybody doing here today? Hey. Better hey. than I finished this movie. <laughs> Zanger's like, can someone Kalima me right now? <laughs> <laughs> Oh my god. But yes, folks, based on the title of this week's episode, you can infer what we're talking about. Um, We are talking about the Dials of Destiny. Um, Indiana Jones 5, we thought it was a meme back in 2008, the idea of making a fifth Indiana Jones movie. Yet Disney, in their reckless, reckless abandons, like, let's just take $300 million and push it onto this side of the table. What could possibly go wrong? It's, uh, it's what? The th- I would say the third best Indiana Jones movie or the third worst Indiana Jones movie. I, I think it's right in the middle, in my humble opinion. But I have a wow. feeling I might be in the minority here. I, um, I, yeah, I mean, probably. What? I mean, the thing about the thing about the thing about the Dial of Destiny that uh, that uh, even Kingdom of the Crystal Skull and the and the Bland Crusade have going for them is that they are written and directed by Lucas and Spielberg, whereas this is a piece of Malba toast. Mm, Melba toast. <laughs> um, um, well, of course. Again, there's no Jorge involvement. As Chris has pointed out numerous times over the years, Spielberg literally threw his hands up in the air. The man that was able to sit there, like, help get Who Framed Roger Rabbit made, Ready Player One, could not work with contemporary Lucasfilm to get an Indiana Jones film made. It's kind of great when you realize that one of the most legendary producer filmmakers in Hollywood history was like, I cannot, like, gain any sort of ground with my former like production assistant executive um absolutely baffling when you think about the fact that that's the person that just gave up and walked away yeah well i think you know south park made an episode about the working environment spielberg was dealing with and uh it's probably something to do with that yeah i don't know and you know i mean there's been some interesting stuff coming out about you know just working in the in the disney machine lately like a lot of um what's the new pixar movie called I forget. Zach knows what it is. Elemental? Uh, or, is or, that, no, uh, or Wish. Wish, Wish is not yeah. Pixar. Okay, it's not. Well, That's all right. at Disney. Mm-mm. That's Disney wow, with a capital I, D. 
I didn't know there was a distinction. That's interesting. There is. But, uh, but, uh, but you know, a <laughs> did lot you of- not watch Wreck It Ralph two with the princess scene where they're like she's from the other studio? Well, that's oh, that's interesting. But uh, you know, I've been there's a, apparently a lot of a, a lot of animators are uh, speaking out about what it was like to work on that movie. Although they're of course they're not brave enough to put their names on it for fear of reprisal but so it's hard to verify if it's true but uh you know it's an interesting time i like i the way i hear wish described uh there's a lot of technical shortcuts being taken it's kind of obvious when disney just kind of checks out on these things and they kind of rest on their laurels um i tried watching elemental elemental like i know people kind of like that movie it's kind of like a new generation's treasure planet or Atlantis, but like I'm just looking at it. And I'm oh, like, this don't, is just no, me. absolutely, do not put that the, those holy names along with this. Yeah, <sighs> Treasure Planet's solid. Atlantis is still rough. Like, go back and watch Atlantis. Like, try to focus on it. You'll like you'll I be will. checked out in like 15 minutes. I I'll check out a lot. Qu- I mean, a lot later than I did with this movie. I don't know, man. That's okay. Um, Chris kind of said what he thought. Zanger, you're not happy, clearly. Joe, perspective, please. (laughs) I went into this movie thinking that it was going to be like uh, worse than the Crystal Skull, and I was actually pleasantly surprised. I thought that the the de-aging of Harrison Ford would have been a little jarring at first, but it wasn't as bad as I thought it would be. No, just put him in the dark. We'll never notice. And it 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 was a decent movie. I don't think I'd throw down money to see it in a theater. I'll see it on Disney Plus, but I'm not going to sit there and throw down money to see it. I saw it in IMAX. I drove 90 minutes to see it in IMAX. <laughs> Joe, I think you I think you are throwing down money to see it a disproportionate amount in fact because I wager to guess that's the only thing you've watched on Disney Plus in the last 3 months. So you've paid full movie theater price to go see Indianapolis Jones 5000. No, because I watched season two of Loki. Okay. And I also watched uh, Andor. Sorry. And sorry, I'm describing myself. Sorry. Okay. Why am I still paying <laughs> for Disney? Sorry. All right. <laughs> okay. So Joe's, Joe's actually keeping up with the Marvel stuff. That's interesting. He's yeah. A, he's, a, got a, he's got eclectic taste. Yeah. He likes real things and he likes fake things. Can't pin him, pin him down and figure him out. I'm an enigma <laughs> wrapped in a riddle, wrapped in a quandary. Yeah, well, so I mean, so uh, so you're saying that Zach is clearly implying that he thinks this is at least better than The Last Crusade. No, I love Last Crusade. Like Last Crusade, like as a kid, Last Crusade was my favorite. You're saying it's third best though. So what else? Can Temple you, of I Doom mean? is Temple of Doom is weak sauce. Oh my god! I was about to say I I I I, I could tell from his talking. Temple of Doom is gonna not be. <laughs> no, Temple two. of Doom's weak sauce. Like child actor automatically in the garbage. Um, uh, short rounds cute, yeah. but in, in Willie Scott's maybe the most annoying like female lead I've ever like. Mm. I know that's the gag, but like it leans a little too hard and hard into the gag. Um, no, this was like I okay. I gotta tell my favorite story, and Joe's heard this. I think I might have said on the podcast. I don't think so, but my girlfriend Rachel is like what Indiana Jones for her is what Star Wars is for me. It's what she grew up with. It's her kind of larger than life franchise. Um, 
we like go drive 90 minutes to Paramus, New Jersey to see this, like in the best IMAX theater that's not in metropolitan New York. And I keep telling her for months, I'm like, dude, this is your Phantom Menace. This is going to be your Force Awakens. Like, this is going to be Disney just crapping on your childhood. And again, kind of like, and she's not a nerd. So she's like, no, no, it won't. And I'm like, dude, just be ready. So like we drive to Paramus, New Jersey. We see the movie. We watch it uh, like fade to black. I turn around her and I'm like, what'd you think? And she goes, I don't want to talk about it. And I go, I'm like, it, it, it hit. And she's like, I would have liked it if she wasn't in it. And I'm like, dude, this isn't like a lasagna where you can pull a layer out. It's, it's, she's baked in. You either take it or you don't take it. And there was all this weird sort of rationalization, just being like, it's, it's the Phantom Menace, the Force Awakens thing, where all these mental gymnastics are happening, trying to be like, well, if this was here or if they did this thing better. And I'm like, no, no, no. You are in the bargaining stage of grief. There, you can't argue with the movie. Kathleen Kennedy gave this to you. You have to accept it for what it's worth. And the best part was, because we were the first people in the theater, like maybe five minutes before showtime. Like it was like, it was like, I think it was like in like a late afternoon, whatever, on a Thursday. Like the theater was probably, again, for IMAX, decent for a Thursday afternoon. Some like, oh God, probably somebody at least in his mid to late 60s walks in, sees like the theater's not mobbed, shakes his head and audibly exclaims, God damn it, Kathy. And I'm just like, <laughs> and like Rachel's losing her mind, being like, "Who's Kathy?" And I'm like, "I don't have time to unpack this. There's too much internet baggage to explain oh, wow. this." Well, also, if you start talking out loud about that, somebody's gonna somebody's gonna have a problem. Oh, 100. Yeah. percent But to be fair, if you're going to see an Indiana Jones movie like on a Thursday in IMAX at like like 4 p.m., I can't imagine there's too many Kathleen like Kennedy defenders in that audience. No, oh, I just can't I, imagine. I, 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 I I don't know, man. Like if you, it's weird if you gauge it by like the these Star Wars like social media sphere. Like it's like it's real close to fifty fifty, man. It's I don't know. The thing about like it's weird that like you have like the South Park like Welcome to the Panderverse thing with Kathleen Kennedy like put a chicken in it and make it lame. Like it's fascinating that South Park once again is trying to like do a weird shot across Lucasfilm's bow. I mean, I, it is kind of the, it is kind of the story of Indiana Jones five, but, um, but also, but I mean, they didn't like, they famously didn't like kingdom of the crystal skull either. And we're probably a lot harder on it. Yeah. <laughs> well, the problem with dial back. of destiny is that dial of destiny somewhere in that movie is a great movie. It's just, I don't know how Lucasfilm looked at that. The same Lucasfilm that just believes in just re-editing everything and just post-production out the wazoo. I don't know how you look at that movie and say, this is what our final product is. There's so much that could have been stripped out of that movie. And you just have to wonder how, like, it's, I don't want to say misguided, but just like, oh God, the the whole what scene with the the car chase like that goes on too long. There, there's so much that's just unnecessary. There's entire things you could just streamline that would, all it would take is a producer probably half a day and be like, I can save you $45 million on the production budget and bring this in at like two hours, five minutes. There's so much, again, there's going to be a great Topher Grace edit of this movie someday. I mean, that'd probably be made better by like, you know, but you know, remember when they used to like release like, substantive deleted scenes for films like this 
<laughs> I don't think there are any. I think everything got put into the like the mix. Like like what what got cut at this rate after what like almost two hours and forty minutes? Well, what got cut was probably you know forty percent of a different film. <laughs> <laughs> at that point chris is it being cut or just egg sized like it's like liposuction well, i mean topher grace could use it maybe that's what knows? i mean like but- i i again my th- philosophy and i remember when this movie came out during the summer and in real life talking to people about it and everyone's like how how was it i'm like it was the same thing it's either the third best or third worst indiana jones movie but I like the, to me, it still has the best dramatic scene in any Indiana Jones movie, and that's the whole thing of him on the boat explaining what happened to Mutt. If you would have based this entire movie around the premise of how is a character like Indiana Jones that kid that laughs in the face of death has more adventures in a single day than the next thirty average Joes combined, how does he reconcile? and process grief when it happens to him, whether it be the death of Mutt, his divorce from Marion. How does that character continue to thrive and be Indiana Jones when reality steps into the picture? That's a fascinating, provocative idea. Unfortunately, that's roughly three and a half minutes of screen time. You get that with him on the boat with Helena, and then you get the moment after she like blows up the boat with the Nazis on it, and she starts cheering, and he's like, Antonio Banderas was my best friend for 25 years. And like Harrison Ford is trying in this in a way that he really hasn't in a while with a couple exceptions here or there. It's it's a good performance by him. He is wholeheartedly trying. And it's it, there's some provocative ideas here that just the movie does not want to touch. And that's where I imagine that's probably where James Mangold at some point was like, this is what I want to do. And they're like, no, 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 we need more. We need more fluff. Just keep piling the fluff on. Yeah. Well, I mean, I'm glad I'm glad we you know, I don't we don't need to take a long time to get to to get to mud. This is one of the biggest crimes of the films, in my opinion, because it's just like it's it's narratively it's it's sort of, you know, it's treating it episodically rather than as like a, a series of films, which like I guess is sort of in its nature. But but, you know, like it's just a it's just not. It, it's just so not what Lucas or Spielberg would have done. You know what I mean? That's the, I think that's what rubs me the wrong is the, the wrong way about it. It's like they wouldn't build up this character to kill him off screen. And you know, deep down that like executives and people like Phoebe Waller-Bridge are the reason why Mud is not in a character in this movie. Cause they're like, you know what, from a marketing perspective, we just, we can't, it's, we're not doing that. We're just not doing it. We did, we decided that we're not doing that. So we need to just excuse his lack of presence and make up a reason for it. And that's what they did. And that made up reason happened to be possibly the most interesting thing in the movie, just in terms of it setting the table for like a good scene and and Harrison Ford to like provide some effort as you're saying, Zach, but it's not integral to the plot and it should be. And Marion's cut out of it just because they're like, what do we, what can we get this 75 year old lady to do? We don't know. And it's just like, it's not, you know, it's not, it's not where you would go if you wanted to, to continue the fourth film. And they, they didn't want to do that. And uh, I don't know. I don't, I don't like that about it. They're, they're trying to wash their hands of something that's better than what they did. Well, the other thing that I have to piggyback on that is you sit there and you look at what happened with Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. You know, they, they did a nod to Brody and to his father, even because they passed, you know, 
they passed in real life because they, they probably couldn't get well, him unless he so, exhumed well, the body. But well, Sean Connery was alive, but they, there was some talk about getting him in it. But they, it would have been weird because he'd have been like ninety. <laughs> yeah, but they showed the picture of him. They they gave a nod yeah. to him. You know, why yeah. is he, you know, dad and Brody would have liked this. But they, they alluded to it and they almost wrote him off the screen completely and killed him, like you said, unceremoniously because it, oh, it was casualty war. Well, yeah, yeah. But, but with 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 a uh, senior and uh, and Brody, it was reasonable that they were dead by that time. <laughs> they had to make up a reason why Mud was dead. <laughs> you know what I mean? And it's just like. It's like after the ending of four at the wedding and like he goes to take the hat and then it's like psych he's dead. It's like it's like Alien 3 where like, you know, like nude and Hicks are dead off screen. It's like this ain't right, man. This is, oh, it's clear. It, 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 except for that worked out awesome. It's that's the difference. But um, but, you know, it's just it's clearly not a, the the logical continuation of that narrative that uh that the people who I wish had made this film would have done. It's just like we feel like doing something different, grab the steering wheel and like shank it as far as possible to the left and just hope for the best. That's pretty much how I feel about this. It doesn't it feels so detached. I was pulling for short round to come out. I wanted short round to come out, man. Yeah, but what is but what is 50 year old short round? You know, like, I don't know. He's an Academy Award winning actor. That's what he is. <laughs> yeah, but but I mean, like, and but in 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 Indiana Jones universe, what is 50 year old short round? He'd probably be dead, too. Like, realistically, that kid did not have a bright future. <laughs> oh, my God. I. Oh, again, yeah. the problem with this. I, Zanger, okay, you you hated this movie. You 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 go. We're gonna untether you for a moment. Did I? Did you finish it? Can one yes. hate something they didn't finish? Okay, so <clears throat> as I established in the opening, I I was sick yesterday and had to basically stay home. And normally, if I'm like a little sick, I'll be like, you know what? I'll I'll try to work. No, this was a sickness that I was like, nope, got to stay home for this one. So I was like sitting there and I was like, oh man, that's right. I got to watch Dial of Destiny. So I started watching it. And I was sitting there, sitting there, watching it, watching it. Got to the point where they're in the cave, paused it, went to go do something else, got distracted, then was like, crap, I guess I'll watch it tomorrow. I guess I'll finish it tomorrow. Went to work. I was talking to one of my coworkers. I'm like, yeah, I have to watch Dial of Destiny for a podcast. And they're like, Oh, what'd you think of it? I'm like, oh, I got like 20 minutes left. And they're like, oh, well, what about all the – they're like, you stopped in the middle of all the action? I'm like, what do you mean action? And he's like, where did you stop again? And I was like, about 20 minutes left. They're in the cave. There has to be like 20 minutes left. And he's like, no, there's like an hour left. And I'm like, what? What more could they do in this movie? I'm bored out of my mind already. What more could they do? I I just, nothing grabbed me in this movie. Like, there was no point in this. Like, I just watched this movie and I can barely tell you anything about it. You know what grabbed me, you know what grabbed me in, in uh, Dial of Destiny? The, the first trailer where John Reese davies was narrating and he was talking about how he misses the desert and the sea and adventure. And I'm like, hell yeah, movies have been trashed for 15 years. Give me something good, Disney slash Indiana Jones creators. You know, the trailer just wrote a check that the movie could not cash. You know what I mean? And it's like, what have they done to us that Zinger is so un- ungrabbed by Indiana Jones that he he 
he he starts doing dishes with an hour into it because that's in capturing his attention more it's it's oh i I didn't get i got up just to walk away (laughs) like he doesn't even know why i might have gone to do dishes i don't know i literally paused the movie got up walked away remembered later i should finish that and then just somebody at work was like dude you got an hour left and i'm like what <laughs> but i'm saying you know but like what's like what is that like what like I, how see, is here's that- here's the thing at least crystal skull i could have been like dude this crazy going on like there was some kid racing him through the forest swinging by vines in this he 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 rides a horse through the moon parade yeah i dug that man that I, like horse like motorcycle chase scene like then through the subways that was fun i ate that up i, mean, it's, I ate that up I'm not saying it's good but i ate it up yeah, like here's my thing like yeah that sticks in my memory but i'm like wait why was he running from them who's he running from like what's going on like it, it, i had to sit there and remember pete like it's if there was ever a movie that i could point that was written by ai or by committee this might be it because it's got all the elements of Indiana Jones, but none of the heart. And it's not for, like, does Harrison Ford do a good job in this? Sure. He does fine. It's just there's nothing. To me, there's nothing going on most of the time. Except for just moving Indiana Jones from one set piece to another. And just accomplishing nothing. In yeah, the well, you, you know, there's there's a, there's a certain subset of Indiana Jones fans who think that the real big the first the initial misstep with the franchise was was making it about family in the last crusade rather than just Indy by himself going on another crazy adventure with like a new love interest and like but they they a lot of people even back then thought by introducing his father and like bringing back Brody and all that they sort of they made it they sort of lost the core concept of like the episodic like like you know ad, adventure serial right and this this does sort of this kingdom of the crystal skull kept that going and this ditches it you know what i mean like you have no grounding with anything you're familiar from from the other movies even in the flashback uh which is like 20 it feels like 20 minutes at the beginning it might be something like that there's no even that was a solid hour (laughs) (laughs) but even that even in that sequence there's no there's no familiar faces right and like sala is just like just he's barely a character he's like a hundred years old and he has like two little scenes and it's like why he offers him his axe at one point yeah it's like, why, mean, why why you do that life. to me why you get sala at the airport with his passport being like i'm down to die after the first 20 minutes of this adventure and he doesn't come along it's you know i mean he wouldn't have made it off the plane but you know i guess that's the reason why he didn't come but like i don't know man it's uh it's it's interesting, but it Sala doesn't even feel like it's the same person almost because it's just like, you know, he he he's so detached and he's got like grandkids and like, you know, he's just he's not really engaged in the plot in any meaningful way. But uh, you didn't really. But I mean, you didn't you didn't really have a good idea of what his relationship to Indy was in the other movies anyway. So it, that doesn't really bother me. The, but what bothers me is giving him a family and then throwing it away like in the next movie. It's weird. I don't like it. <laughs> so wait, did did it? Mutt died in the Korean War, if I remember. If I caught that, like, was that what happened? Vietnam. 
Was it Nam? It was Nam. Yeah. <laughs> Someone fact checked Zanger's understanding of the Vietnam War. <laughs> this movie's like it, it's 69 and uh, a lot earlier than that, right? Oh my god, yeah. I, I'm gonna go check this now because I'm like, wait a second. I thought he died in like Vietnam. I mean, not Korea. Crystal Skull took place in, in uh, the during the Korean War. I don't know what year in the 50s it was. I can't remember. What year is it, Zinger? What year is the Korean War? I what year are we in now? It was. He, it's plausible that he died before in, in that war before 1969. That's the point. The Korean <laughs> War was from 1950 to 1953. Vietnam is based. Vietnam can be argued lasted from 1955 to 1975. Yeah, yeah. Zenger, it's not the Korean War. That can be your head cannon that he died <laughs> in the Korean War. I guess, because for some reason I was thinking, I'm like, it's too early for Vietnam. No, 69's right like in the sweet spot where you could see him maybe being part of like an early task force or something like that. And he just I'm just assuming yeah. he died on like the like at boot camp or something. <laughs> He really died because because he happened to be a man and he happened to be a colloquially considered problematic actor. That's why he. That's why Mutt died. You know? Whoa! You know, because Shia, Shia LaBeouf is also like I know he's kind of like now found religion, but he's also a wackadoodle. Let's not. Let's not like. Well, wait, 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 hold on. What religion did he find? Did he find that um that oh whatever his name is the Watchmen guy's religion? Alan Moore. He found yeah. the Alan Moore religion. <laughs> that's worse. Didn't you guys see that story like early this year where like he was on Olivia Wilde was like directing some movie that he was in and she, oh, yeah. and, and she wrote a she wrote a she like did an interview where she was like, oh, yeah, we had to let him go from the movie because, you know, he was just do, he was just behaving weird on set. And then he saw this interview and he's like, what? That's it. And he leaked like a bunch of emails of her like begging him not to leave the production. So it's like you know, I don't know if all this stuff can be true at once. Like, it seems like it's just, like it's easy to perpetuate. Like, the idea that you would like unsolicited, like unprovoked, like say a story like that that could like be incredibly damaging to an actor's career, and then they actually have receipts that it's like BS. It's it's it is it, it was an interesting uh, like tabloid tale for for a couple weeks there, but I don't know. He's obviously a little off his rocker, but my, my attitude about that is. The story comes first, and uh, if you know, if like <laughs> the implication was that that uh, his son would be sort of getting into the same line of work at the end of Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and uh, you know, they're like, not only did that not happen, but uh, they fought, and then he went to war, and then he died, and it's like, yikes, man, I don't know. <laughs> so, I'm gonna point this out real quick. The when I looked up. Uh, Indiana Jones Dial of Destiny timeline. It has Indiana Jones five. The, the the best result was Indiana Jones five takes place in three eras, 1944, 1969, and thanks to some time travel shenanigans, around 20, uh, 213 BC. I I just wish it had said a thanks to some time travel BS. Twenty thirty well, and twenty thirty, whatever. I can't talk. I was actually the way they handled the time travel like didn't bother me that much. Like it bothered me. You know, there's a whole there's a whole lot of potential 
like uh, logical problems with time travel, obviously. And it's like, at least the way they sort of did it, it was like the thing just sort of pointed broadly to like a, like a natural phenomenon that they flew the plane into rather than like time storm, you know, like they turn the clock. <laughs> yeah. You know, which, which, I mean, it still gets people every once in a while. That's what happened to Amelia Earhart, obviously stuff like that. But, um, and uh, you know, a couple, a couple, uh, a couple. There's a couple other missing planes out there, but uh, <laughs> two or three. But, Flight uh, nineteen. <laughs> I don't know what. I don't know about that. But um, but oh, you know, the people who know know what I've just mentioned. They're in the know. Somewhere, Russ's spider sense is tingling. It, yeah. it is. It's like the first five minutes of Close Encounters. Thank you. Good job, Jim. <laughs> Proud of him. Okay. So I have to ask, what is everybody's thoughts on Helena Shaw? Like, is it one of those things where just I can't imagine she's anyone's favorite character or is it just a matter of how much disdain to just apathy is there? It's the only thing that kept the plot going. True. Well, yeah, she she is she is a buttress for the film's narrative. Kind of. I wish I wish there. That's the thing, like. I don't mind Phoebe Waller-Bridge as a character. I think just a lot of her characters when are just not written well. Like as an actress, I think she's fine. But I just – she's always written to be un, intentionally unlikable until what? The last like three and a half minutes the character's on screen? Yeah. I mean she's she really is. She's just basically um, – you know, she's mutt in this movie. That's the dynamic they have. You know? But Mutt, Mutt's not like a low-key dirtbag, though. Like, for no. the first what? I'd say three quarters of this movie, she is intentionally unlikable. Yeah. Because there's a point where, like, all, I think all of his co-workers get shot by Nazis, and she's, like, mocking him, like, at the bazaar. It's like, it's like, ha-ha, your friends are dead because of, like, everybody thinks you're a murderer. And he said, again, it's... It's it's the character is written so bizarrely. Like again, we can like I know there's obviously the comparisons between her and Ray, in the sense of just Lucasfilm British brunette protagonist. At no point is Ray blatantly unlikable. Like Ray might be uninteresting, but she's never unlike like intentionally unlikable. Yeah. There's never I mean, a moment anyone, where she does yeah. something on purpose that's like meant to disenfranchise the audience. Yeah, don't listen to anybody who draws a comparison between those two characters. Like there's really like. Like accent and hair color is not a connection between characters. Tell but, that to people back with Jin Erso and Ray. Okay, tell you what, I will give the movie this. I'm gonna, I'm gonna give a little bit of credence to this. I, I feel like Mads Mikkelsen and Harrison Ford were acting in a completely different Indiana Jones movie. Like all their scenes, because I'm like looking over like script notes and I mean not script, um, quotes and stuff. Like all their back and forths are like good solid stuff, but I'm like, what was going on around that time in the movie that I have very little memory of this quote? Like the one where the where he's like, oh, "You should have stayed in New York," and Indy responds, "Which you should have stayed out." I'm like, see, that's good, that's fun stuff, that's good writing, that's a good back and forth. Where the was that in this movie? The in movie doesn't seem concerned with that. Yeah, it doesn't seem concerned, but I'm like, those two, I think, would have been a good back and forth. But no, there's too much other BS going on most of the time. But that's like, there's so many like elements to this. Like, obviously, Mads Mikkelsen's your villain, 
for the whole prologue sequence, he, he's he's established as an element, but he's not established as the main antagonist. He takes like, oh god, what is it? A train water tower to the face. Somehow, like, was it? And it's fine. Yeah, he he does that. He's fine. Not even like a grotesque scar. Not only that, not only that, but he literally does not age in thirty years after being hit with a post. Well, that's why I thought. I thought that would be like part of the thing that, like, I don't know. He sleeps with this like dial under his pillow at night and it stops aging. Like, there, there's. See, I was thinking that too. I was thinking there was going to be some reveal that he's used the dial before, and that's like how he got like i i was thinking there was gonna be some twist with that but now it's just yeah he used the dial right away and mutt's not actually dead that's an alternate terrible timeline just like the sequel trilogy they're in the nexus uh-huh. ribbon from star trek generations <laughs> that's what it is exactly he's dr soren yeah chopping he's chopping wood yeah i don't know wait a second Harrison Ford comes up to him and says mutt where are you it's like i just got here five minutes ago i decided oh. to chop wood oh god that would be great. Yeah, I don't know. I, like, <laughs> How so, awesome would it have been if Indiana Jones and they did the dial and they actually went into the Star Wars universe and he met himself as Han Solo? I would have. I would have. I would have <laughs> myself. I, oh, great. There's another one. Um, <laughs> it's just it's like it's just, you know, that would have been at least a meme. Uh, this just, you know, it just fills me with sadness and I don't want to revisit it ever probably in my life. That's where I'm at with it. You know, it's just a lost opportunity to on the, on the stack of lost opportunities. And, uh, but you know, I, I've been thinking a lot about, about, um, about like it, it lately I've been thinking, is it me or is it really the, the movies? Like, does everything actually suck or is it just me? <laughs> Chris and, is like, and, and, am I the monster or is the movie the monster? Yeah, and, and I mean, and, and I don't know, because like, I, I don't know about you guys, but I mean, I was hearing a lot of good stuff about this um this new Godzilla movie, Godzilla Minus One. This Japanese hey, one, right? I'm, I'm, I'm so interested in this conversation. I'm looking up times and ticket prices. Okay, great. So none of you have seen it, right? I have not. I saw Godzilla okay. without the minus. Okay. So, yeah. So, but I mean, I mean, as has been repeatedly pointed out the and the interesting thing about this movie is not really that it's a godzilla movie it's that the cgi is good and it only cost 15 million dollars that's the weird interesting thing about it right like the i know they're very minimally and while watching this movie i thought the cgi was like oh they could have spent another couple days on that like you know nothing compared to the flash for example which cost like literally 10 times as much something like that right 20 times as much no, five times, five, six times as much. But the point is that, uh, but, you know, I heard a lot of good stuff about it and I went and saw it the other night and like, it was pretty good. It was pretty good. But like, but on some level, like, I just, I'm wondering, like the, the, the praises I heard for it didn't, did not meet the, you know, the, it, it didn't live up to the movie that I saw, even though it was, you know, the best thing I've seen in theaters in like five years, probably. Like, honestly, I was still like, eh, so I'm starting to think it might be me. You're the problem. (laughs) It's me. Hi, I'm the problem. It's me. The other thing you have to look into is, you know, the, the, the era that we live in where you could sit there and Google anything and get little spoilers and little things. I knew very little about this. 
And you know, it's impressive, and it's and it's also probably because it's not made by Hollywood that this the narrative like has a single thing to say. You know, that's probably like there's actually like subtext and like interesting like messages in it but uh you know because it's like not made by hollywood that's physically possible so like that's nice about it but you know i think i think to me it was just the the 50 it's just the budget and the fact that they're all like like fiver actors basically it's like it did it has a tinge of like first movie out of film school about it you know what i mean but other than that like the the fact that it takes place in the 40s and and has cgi monsters and it costs 15 million is hilarious and i just hope that you know it sort of inspires a little bit of change that you don't need to like throw all your budget into actors who are literally doing nothing for your movie you know like that i like i want some more conceptual stuff that doesn't have to cost so much and and i think that's like or like it's great that uh something like that has actually turned a profit unlike the marvels for example you know it's cool Wait, do you mean the Marvels is in the movies done by Marvel or the movie The Marvels? The new one, well, the new one that is literally the only MCU movie that has made negative money. <laughs> Good for it. But it ends with Kelsey Grammer. Wait, what? Everyone's you, favorite part about uh, X Men 3, the worst X Men movie. You didn't know that, Zenger? That that's the post credit scene? No. Is, is Kelsey Grammer as Beast? Yeah. Oh. Like X Men ninety seven, yeah, in vo- voice only CGI beast. But uh, still, why though? Why reference the worst X Men movie? What like what goes through a, a person's head? Why is it that what? Andrew Garfield Spider Man is now considered popular, Chris? We could dissect these things forever. You know why? I'll tell you why Andrew Garfield is now considered popular because No Way Home you can is go a, away from that movie. No Way Home <laughs> is a terrible, terrible film. But the best, the best part in it is when is when Andrew Garfield makes up for his previous alternate universe girlfriend getting her spine snapped in half by saving a different one. And like that Indeed. is the best part of that. That's the best part of that movie. Oh, it is a hundred percent. That is the catharsis of that film. Yeah, And it's, he's not even, he's like the, he's, he's a tertiary character in that film. And he has the, the, the highest point of acting in that movie. And it's, and it's like, and I haven't even seen those Andrew Garfield Spider-Mans. And I thought that was the best part. You're missing nothing. Uh, second right. one's kind of like a train, like a, like a train wreck, and it's beautiful. Don't don't knock that second. The first one's dry. Second one's delightfully over the top. But like I'd heard about that scene and how brutal it was. That she just literally gets like you know like literally snapped like a friggin' twig, and like it, it like you know that that made that the best part of No Way Home. And it's like got nothing to do with Tom Holland or Toby or uh, you know uh, I'm something of a scientist myself, and it just like this whole. Oh, he was just in that movie to beat up kids. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but you know, it's just like, but that's such a that's what a weird place we're in, right? Like, like as I as someone who has been checked out of Marvel for so long, who only saw that movie because of the Sam Raimi characters being in it, that I thought that was the best part. And the only reason I know the narrative relevance of it is because of like reading stuff on the internet. So it's referencing movies that came out like eight years ago, and it's not even really part of the story of this one. It's a mess. There, there's so much to unpack from that. Joe, what's your opinion on Chris's perspective on contemporary Marvel movies? Because that's what all the conversation eventually comes back to. Just how has Marvel destroyed Hollywood? <laughs> no, it's exactly. how's, how's Marvel destroyed Hollywood or what Star Wars is good? 
Zenger had a point. He, it's like most of the Marvel movies are generated by AI. You could tell that by the Disney Plus shows for Star Wars that they've been creating, with the exception of Andor. It's 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 like churned out. Like like they turned they turned the uh, the walrus tub into a mainframe where they sit there and they generate the AI for their scripts for all the shows and movies that they write. I think I think AI is going to be AI filmmaking is going to be the best thing that ever happened. Hot take, hot take. It's going to change the game. It's it's the writing that's going to be the the killer. But, but Joe, you can just like you can just like rip on your vape and write like eight paragraphs and and if you have like a $10,000 PC in like 6 months, you're going to be able to just make a movie that looks as good as an MCU movie. It's going to take like a week to render, but and you need a $10,000 PC, but you you only have to type out the treatment and it's going to be just done. And it's like it's going to live or die on that the core structure narrative ideas and 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 uh you know there'll be movies made by literally one person with no actors cuz they're all just fake. And that movie will be called Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny. But but some of them are <laughs> going to be good because because there's people out there who still understand story structure. Unlike all, like all of Hollywood, you know what I mean. So it's like somebody's gonna, and they don't have to worry about unions. They don't have to worry about actors going on strike. Like you know, it's all over. Like that, the writers and actors strike. The, the, you know, the the chains are coming off. Like the average person is gonna be able to make something that looks as good as those movies for if they have a good enough PC. So some of those are gonna be good, and the whole paradigm's gonna change because it, it's impossible. It'll be impossible to spend three hundred million on a movie in that environment when it doesn't look any better than one that costs a few thousand dollars. Well, just take a look at what we're doing here now. All right. We're, we're on a, we're taping a podcast. We actually could see each other. We couldn't do that, you know, 25, 30 years ago. Couldn't. You could. Technology, technology has, has actually caught up with it. So you could actually sit there and do that. And people actually have the technology now to do it. So once the technology gets there, people will be able to do amazing things. Like I could sit there and make it. But we're talking like we're talking like six months to two years until you start seeing this stuff in the marketplace. That's the rate it's changing. The top, which is good. I got, I got a, I got something that's concerning me. So what was the big hinge point for the movie? The. Dial Destiny. Singer, are you about to say that whether Indiana Jones was there or not, it would have played out the exact same? No, I'm going to say, what did Continental <laughs> Drift have to do with it? It's just accounting for where the, the time Yeah, but that's all. Okay, so, it, so, all right, I need a calculator. So. So you're saying there must be a reference point on one continent that determines yeah. where the portal is going to be. Well, duh, it doesn't but, make sense. Okay, so let's say. Um <laughs> yeah, how does the how does the orbit of the planet play into it? That's what I want to know. So it's about <laughs> one inch a year. So one inch times about what, let's just say two thousand years. Let's just round. Okay, so that's two thousand uh, okay, now divided by twelve. Oh wow, hundred and sixty feet. So you're saying hundred and sixty feet made the difference between them going back to nineteen forty whatever, or instead they end up Bull <laughs> This movie about Time travel space is bullshit, and I am done with it. 
So much bleeping. The much, the better time travel movie is Back to the Future. End of argument. Also still the best trilogy. Wow. 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 Argue. Find me outside. How about that? I mean. That's a dated reference. Talk about time travel. Yeah. Well, it's catch me outside. but uh, Whatever. And she's become an upstanding citizen. So how dare you? But, is um, she though? Anyway. <laughs> She's paying taxes at least more than the average. <laughs> is that what makes one upstanding citizen? Is that where we're at in the culture? Well, I mean, this is you know, let, see us on the the Cinema Oddities Patreon for the continuation of that discussion. Oh my god! Listen, all I gotta say is I'm that guy right now with the coffee cup going, um, just saying that Back to the Future is the best trilogy. Changed my mind. On a Star Wars podcast, he's saying this. That's what makes it even funnier. I know, because Star Wars isn't a trilogy anymore, so I cannot safely say that. I mean, like, you, like I mean, that Lord of the Rings trilogy is definitely better than Back to the Future. I don't know what you're talking about, but whatever. Sure. I, I 100% <laughs> between those two side with Zenger. One does not make me want to kill myself halfway through the first movie. Oh God! Oh God! I was I was rewatching those, and like I was like, oh yeah, there are there are good movies in the world. You know, I shouldn't for, I shouldn't forget that there's two or three good films in the world. And all three of them are Back to the Future. <laughs> this is the weirdest Indiana Jones discussion. But I think, like, correct me if I'm wrong, Zach, but you, you want to talk about this be purely because Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny had the last headline it will ever have, which is now available on Disney+. Plus. <laughs> <laughs> well, of course. Like, okay, the point is with this movie is that... It, it, it was so misguided. It really only got made as like a contractual obligation so Harrison Ford would star in the Star Wars sequel trilogy. That's the main reason. I Really? Oh, yeah. There's no way he would have done Han Solo unless they probably put into his Force Awakens contract that they were going to make this. There's no way. He didn't want to do Han Solo ever again. But he wanted to do Indy. He loves Indiana Jones. Like, go oh, look it up. He's, he's always carried the torch for this character. Oh, thank God. He's doing more movies after this. Yeah, he's going to be Thunderbolt Ross. Let's go I back know, into the I, Marvel nonsense. I'm so happy. I was worried that this would be the last movie he ever did. We can only hope it's the last movie he ever does. <laughs> Imagine that, Chris. Imagine your last film credit being Indiana Jones and the Dial oh. of Destiny. No, Zinger, he's on that. He's on that cowboy TV show. Also, what do you call that thing? Cowboy TV moved. show. Yeah, cowboy TV show. Nineteen twenty-three. What a time to be alive. Cowboy TV uh, cinematic universe will have three shows. I think. I don't know what. I don't, I don't know what the kids are watching these days. But he's a cowboy in that show. Yellowstone. Yeah. He's on that stone that's yellow. Yeah, one of those stone shows. There's like three, four of them. Zach, do you do you imagine? Do you imagine in, in, in you know, five, ten years time when you're doing an Indianapolis Jones marathon, does this make the cut? Oh, yeah. No. I don't know. I, I only watched it once. I saw it in IMAX. I, like a week later, I saw Dead Reckoning Part 1 in a conventional theater. I'm like, man, I wasted my IMAX bucks on Indiana Jones. Um, no, again, I think the movie, there's a great movie in here somewhere. If when I go to rewatch it at some point, I will 100% watch the first 20 minutes. I thought that was a lot of fun. I ate that up. And then I'm going to fast forward through like most of him at the the, the, the college campus. I'll watch the the, the ticket. Um, oh, God. Uh, 
the ticker tape, tape parade. Yeah, thank you. I'm going to watch that. That was great. This the the brief moment with Sala is a lot of fun. Well, again, there's some good moments in this movie, and then it kind of just it goes off the rails at times, and then it comes back. No, it's it's serviceable. It's like everything else that Disney does. It's fine. Um, it's it's nothing objectively bad. And even the ending, like I remember before even watching this, like the rumors were going like on and on about like, oh, like the climax of this movie would something that like even Lucas would have to admire. And it is like the last 15 minutes of this is a lot of fun. Like the whole idea is they end up in ancient times. This is a plane and you have the Nazis and even how Mads Mikkelsen dies. He dies in a rather gruesome fashion. And even the ending with where he kind of just surrender he wants to surrender to it and just be like helena please just let me be like like my life's over let me enjoy what little time i have with it and she literally punches him back into reality and again that's it's great because at the end he's i don't want to say it it's atonement but not atonement in the conventional sense it's like atonement for his despaired hopelessness. Um, again, I don't know what their thought process was with this movie because, again, the movie very much ends as a period in one respect to the Indiana Jones story. Um, it ends like Crystal Skull does. It it ends with Helena Shaw practically picking up the hat, but except she doesn't, Mutt doesn't. It's a weird, just it's a treading water movie. It, it, it's, it doesn't know what it is. It, and realistically, the next thing after this should be like, oh God, should be either an animated series, probably an animated series, where it's like tales, I don't know, tales from, I don't know, Indies Journal, insert some sort of cute name here. And it's just different like micro serials, like do a micro series, Star Wars style of Indiana Jones. And it's him. Voice by her- what? Chris Pratt. Oh, God, no. No, like, have it be animated and basically do, like, this is going to be a weird, like, Chris will appreciate this. Joe and Zenger, probably not. It's like, I don't know, have brief bumpers of Indiana Jones as, like, Harrison Ford, like, telling this to, I don't know, somebody. It could be anybody. And that's the thing. I, I don't know. I think you, there's a lot you could do with the Indiana Jones IP still, but, like, it's it's not going to be another $300 million film. There's I, I don't see how that's the avenue – you you continue this franchise forward. I just don't. You go back to the source material and what he what he made the character based off of, which were the serialized things that he saw in the movie theater before he saw a major movie. You know, it's it's like Sunday morning TV growing up. It's these little half hour or fifteen minute nuggets where they sit there and you have a person, a swashbuckler that sits there and does it. That's what that's what the whole concept of Indiana Jones was a pulpy hero. Back in, back in the day, that that sat there and got the job done. And grave robber. Yeah, I just I don't think it needs to be a franchise anymore. <laughs> no, because because again, the, like okay, you laugh about the the last headline of this being available now on Disney Plus, but like there is the talk of them putting like taking out Dino World at Animal Kingdom in Florida. And they're going to make it like South America world and it's going to be a combination of Encanto and um, Indiana Jones. Again, I, I, I think Lucasfilm probably – and Disney probably to the larger extent treated this film as like a brand investment. It, was, it wasn't $300 million in the hope of making a billion dollars. It was just basically like we had to make this film to appease Harrison Ford. 
And again, it, it's a tax write-off if it doesn't make any money. So realistically, they're not losing anything. And just it's another way of keeping the IP around. It gives it gives the value of the the good movies and the series, which is all the other ones, a little kick. You know, it, it makes people want to be subscribed to Disney Plus to be able to watch the other ones. Or, or I can see where Zach's coming from because he's they're probably, you know, you think that they'll ever change the actor for Indiana Jones, do a James Bond route. Chris Pratt. But it's but does it need to be though? Like you know what I mean? Like this is the the core concept of Indiana Jones is so generic that it does you don't need to you don't need to have the intellectual property of Indiana Jones to make the next Indiana Jones. It just it's a different character. It's the same idea. You don't have to pay the mouse a dime, and the mouse doesn't even have to make it themselves. You know what I mean? It's just like the core. I, That's the 1999 Mummy movie. It's not Indiana Jones. Chris Pratt. Yeah, that's what. Well, there you go. Um, what I'm saying is like they, you know, they're not the ones. They're not the ones who are going to do a good job. They do. We need to like further insult the legacy of Steven Spielberg and George Lucas by making some sort of like cheap animated serialized Indiana Jones. Like, like I, you know, I won't be mad if there's never another one. I really won't. And it doesn't have to. Be, I don't want it recast. Just make an. If you want to make a new character that's like tangentially in the same universe that has very similar adventures, knock yourselves out. I don't think he works as well outside of I even in the 60s. I think he, Indiana Jones is a bit of a weird concept. I think, you know, the sweet spot is the 30s because of that's the it's sort of those initial movies are referencing a, a very specific like time in American entertainment. And I think, you know, he works good with that sort of stage of technology, you know, biplanes and no computers, that sort of thing. But, uh, but then it's kind of weird that you have someone who's almost the same character operating in the same time period, if it's part of the same franchise, but, um, you know, it doesn't have, you know, what I'm just saying is it doesn't have to be that connected. Just do the, do the, the, the logical, the logical, uh, continuation is just, the using those same themes without having it uh, part of the same franchise. That's that's what I think about it. So I have my concept for a movie. It's going to be called Iowa Smith. Brother <laughs> Adventures, and it's going to adventure the chronicle the adventures of Iowa Smith when he goes and does these weird things. We're going to do that. Yeah. Well, you know, uh, in about in a in a few months' time, if you have a good enough PC, Joe, I expect to see that film completed i will i i like it i'm gonna i'm gonna i'm gonna do my pitchman zinger where i'm gonna take that idea i'm gonna set it where he's fighting against the kaiser yes and world war um, one. yeah yeah it's a ton of world war one instead of being like this belongs in a museum he'll be like this belongs yeah. at a carnival yes he's a carnival barker actually zinger is gonna be it's gonna be rendered to look like zinger perfect and talk like him awesome Job security guaranteed. There you go. <laughs> Until I get recast by Chris Pratt. Yeah. Well, you know, you, you and, and uh, I mean, yeah, I feel like we've almost said as much as we can say about it. But uh, you guys should know that we can you know, say the, less. The, the the core plot of uh, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull was actually like litigated between the House and um, and the Senate in America over the last couple weeks. So you know that's the one. And nobody Jones. cares. <laughs> no one cares at all. It's amazing. And you know it, it was weird. It was a bipartisan thing till till a, a bunch of weird conservatives, including you know like Representative Mike Turner, he he stopped you guys from being told about the aliens. 
you know, the conservatives came at the last minute and they're like, <clears throat> Joe and Zach and Zinger are not ready to hear about the aliens. So listen, we, uh, listen. All Chris wants to hear is about the aliens. I, I have said this and I'll say this again. This disclosure thing is the most boring thing I have ever seen outside of watching this movie. Like, I'd love me some some UFOs, alien stuff, but this is boring. I don't think you do because it's the only it's the only Indiana Jones MacGuffin that has had that many of your elected officials talk about it. Oh wait, you mean you mean Kingdom of the Crystals? No, I'm talking about this movie. They're not searching for some our, our government ain't searching for some dial of destiny. Yeah, that stuff's obviously nonsense, but the aliens are real. Yeah. <laughs> Duh. Why are we even talking about this? Yeah. Well, you know, because it was in the news and you know, you guys I watch more American news than you guys. It's all good. It's fine. As you should. Yeah. Americans don't even watch American news. We're tired of hearing about it. Yeah. That's not something that would be on the American news to be all truthful about that. You're right. They don't like covering that because they're bought and sold. You got it. You Joe's got Joe's got Joe's got it figured out. I need to watch Canadian news. Strangest Indiana Jones discussion ever. Well, yeah, I'm just talking about the one Indiana Jones movie that's a documentary, Kingdom of the Crystal Skull. Obviously. The, what, what, what is the land speed of a person swinging through the vines with monkeys? We'll never know. Or, or the, speed of, the speed of a refrigerator with a man inside being launched <laughs> by a nuclear explosion. You know, does it hit, does it break the sound barrier? See, that's and the this, these are the things. This is why Kingdom of the Crystal Skull is more interesting because you have all these BS moments that you're just like, what the crap am I watching? Where this one's like sensible. It's so grounded com- in compared to the other four, you know? It's like he only goes back in time the once. It's that, that's the craziest <laughs> thing that happened. Yeah, yeah, exactly. You're like, you only went back in time like one time. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Uh, cool. So I, I don't know. Um, where I think I think if I, I'm officially stating it here. I think it is by far and away the worst of the five Indiana Jones films. Who's with me? Vehemently disagree. I'd say four, number four. You're saying it's okay, so it's almost it's just better than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull in Joe's opinion. I see. Well, you know what? They were targeting Joe. They wanted people, people Joe. They wanted the Joes of the world to say at least it's better than Kingdom of the Crystal Skull, and by God, they did they it. They got it. You know what? I'm just gonna do a supercut of all the Mad Mickelson and Harrison Ford scenes together and see if that's a better movie. Because like I said, I feel like they were acting in a much better movie that I didn't get to watch any of. Yeah, but you, but you know, but you know how it's all we're sort of lukewarm about it. There's no way, there's no way we'd be this measured and mellow and like sort of not engaged if, if, if like a, if like a 78 year old George Lucas wrote the script. Like, who knows how silly and crazy it would have been. There's no way it's sillier than how it actually ends. There's no way. That is 100% Jorge just being like, no way. I'm doing what I want. No, this isn't even like one of those bad Terminator movies where like the writer's like, come on, Cameron, just talk to me for like 12 minutes and I'll make a whole script about it. They didn't even, they weren't even interested in what Lucas thought about this. You can tell. Once again, there is definitive proof that the best time travel out of place movie is once again, Army of Darkness. Because Bruce Campbell did it better and did it first. There we go. And at least they were satisfied to end the movie with the whole future being ruined and the end of the world, basically. Yeah. You know, yeah. That's how this should have ended. I would have, that would have been way more entertaining if he just screws up the timeline and just ruins all of humanity. 
No, he no, he goes back and just Nazis have taken over, and he's like, no. Yeah, and then, it's like a it's like a Planet of the Apes ending. That would have been great. Goes back through the oh man, it's God, like, why didn't they do that? <laughs> yeah, because they would never be able to finish it, just like Marky Mark's Planet of the Apes ending. But uh, it just this perfect. Thing, it, it would end perfectly with like the you'll never get a conclusion to this. Screw your franchise. <laughs> Oh man. Yeah, you know, that I mean, the problem is the problem is the antagonists were the Nazis. Like you can't end a movie in 2023 where Indiana Jones comes back to the future and the Nazis have taken over and that's just the end of the movie. If it was if it was if it only were a a satanic cult like Or in- the Kaiser. <laughs> yeah. Exactly. Much more palatable uh for having taken over the world by <laughs> by the end of indiana jones 5 so you know that they couldn't i mean that would have been something you know that we would be all like you know what it was sort of bland but at least the ending like made me like question every the fact that real executives signed off on this no movie, wait, wait, wait 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 I, I got a better idea he goes back you know goes to the old bad or syracuse all that stuff and archimedes somehow jumps the future using ancient technology and just takes over the world like, 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 like the mirrors yeah. and stuff. Just, just our weapons, our modern day weapons stand no chance against them. Yeah. Or he comes out at the beginning of Raiders and he just tells his younger self to like not even get off the plane and his whole life is a disaster. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That, you know, they could have been, could have done that too. God, yeah. it would have been awful. And then it was just, a, and, then, and then all the movies would have played out exactly the same, except he just wasn't there. No, no, no. Because see, if they did that, they would have just been stealing from the best time travel movie once again. Sorry, time travel trilogy movie. Back to the Future. Yeah, yeah. For for Zach's amusement, I've I've dug up deep into my repressed trauma of Indiana Jones and the Dial of Destiny, and I've thought about it again, which I never planned on doing. So I hope I hope Zach was was at least mildly entertained by that. I like how I'm being referenced, like in past tenses. If I'm not here, I hope Zach is happy of what he's created. It's like we, well, I didn't know I made this movie. I didn't know I had direct culpability. No, no, no. You do have direct culpability, Zach. You no, know, <laughs> I talk about I'm messaging. You know, we have a, a Knights of Vader messenger thread where you know once in a while I I, I shoot a message and they'd be like, I hey, try to ignore guys- constantly. <laughs> To varying success. You know, how do you guys feel about having this, recording this awesome interview, this or that? Eh, crickets from Zach. Zach's, Pretty much. What wakes, what wakes Zach up is, let's talk about the Dial of Destiny. <laughs> and here, here's several times. Here's several opinions. Here's several things. When are we recording? Let's do this now. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's interesting. Take Singer up from a dead sleep. Force him into a record. <laughs> It's, you know, it's, I think it's more of like what it's, it's like Zach saw that headline that this was on Disney plus and he's like, Indiana Jones will, will n- literally never be forced to the top of <laughs> We a- keep saying this over and over again. It's not even going to be, it's not even going to be like a recommended like reaction video or anything ever again. So it, now's the time. Hey man, I saw this in June and wanted to record an episode. Chris, you dodged the creator episode because no, we couldn't convince anybody else to go watch it besides you and I. Yeah, I mean the creator, but you know the creator, much like the creator was like sort of bland. You know, it's sort of bland, like sort of bland. Yeah, and is like, you know, it, <laughs> the only reason Zach likes this movie is because there's a scene in which they they reference the character Mud Williams. Yes. 
<laughs> I don't, but it's a good dramatic scene. It's the best dramatic scene in the franchise. It's what the movie should have been about. Yeah. Instead, it's just stuff happening, which is okay, but it shouldn't have been. If this was 30 minutes shorter, this probably would be the second best Indiana Jones film. Just well, give me where, a scalpel and I'll cut could it out. You, where could you cut from? There's so many options. <laughs> okay, but, but but why does but why why does Marion, you know, why does Marion suddenly think he's okay again? Just because he had a traumatic experience? That's not how you write, guys. Like I'm not a filmmaker, but like she didn't see any of that happen. She still thinks he's a dirtbag. She was told about it. She read the script. You know, it's just painful. <laughs> I don't know. I, but to be fair, like all the Indiana Jones movies, except for the first one, are kind of like they're meant to be. Just they're 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 oh god they're 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 movies with all the boring parts cut out, and that's what this tries to be. But it's just everything that's meant to be exciting is drawn out too far to the point that there's no more tension. It's like silly putty. It's like instead of it being able to like roll back into a ball, it's just like a, a giant pancake, a thin yeah. pancake. It's like Disgusting. silly putty that's been left out in the sun. Gross. Exactly. With one dramatic scene in it. I want to point out something real quick. I know what everyone's thinking. Wait a second. He referenced Army of Darkness. Why isn't the Evil Dead franchise as a trilogy? Because technically, Evil Dead 2 is just a redo of Evil Dead. And then uh, Army no, of Darkness not. is just a recap. They're all just recaps of the previous movie. Singer forgot about Evil Dead 2013 and Evil Dead. Remake. I am not talking about it. The first, first of all, the Evil Dead remake is like the only good remake in human history, so you shouldn't be avoiding the subject, Singer. And second of all, uh, only the first like ten minutes or so of Evil Dead Two is a remake of Evil Dead One. Okay, I'm done. Have they like reference nothing else from it? Like they pretend like that didn't happen. They just well, you know, it. except for except and, for and, Linda and to, being a key character, but whatever. What they are, they do it to great success. Still standing by the best trilogy movie, Back to the Future. That's such a weird choice. Like the second one's kind of blah, and the third one like is good, but it's fine relative to the first one. Yeah, but I, give me another true trilogy movie that exists. They will, don't be more. I would say uh, there here's two that are not trilogies, but I regard them as trilogies because everything <laughs> after that point is a nightmare. And uh, that would be Alien and Terminator. And I think those are both better trilogies. You can't do it. Guys- I disagree with Alien because the third movie doesn't technically count as a movie. But I will give it to Terminator. Terminator 3 Rise of the Machines, 10 out of 10. How many Dude, years later, still yeah. think that's the best movie in the franchise? But it has other ones connected to it. They, they have not gone and shaken... This the the skeleton of this movie back to life and attempted to do something with it. Now, Zach. yeah, there's been video games and other stuff, but that's not the point. Zach, down the street from me is a theater that is playing Terminator Three on 35 millimeter film this week, really? and they're posting advertisements about it, saying, "Are you man enough for the lady Terminator?" <laughs> <laughs> I will be going. What a oh man! I am jealous of that alone. Never mind seeing it again on a big screen. Coffin over the shoulder, shotgun. It it just does not get any better. But Terminator anyways. Three: Rise of the Machine, man. Like at some point, people are going to come around to that movie. I, it's funny. I rewatched Dark Fate for the first time in three years, and I'm like, I, that's a weird Stockholm syndrome movie for me. But like, it's the same problem for Terminator Genesis. It's like once Arnold shows up, it's good. Everything else, like it's so bad. It's like Linda Hamilton, how they turn you into Amelia Clark. 
how is this even possible? How are you like on the same level as Amelia Clark? What have they done? Has anybody seen Terminator Dark Fate besides me? No. I'm, I'm looking at list of other trilogy movies. I've seen it, but uh, you know, there even even uh even the Christian Bale one is like they at least treated the other the previous three movies like they actually happened. You know, before we entered the modern era of like sludge. <laughs> <laughs> the modern era dot 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 sludge, sludge. Chris you remember the episode of South Park right where I think is where Stan becomes cynical and all he hears is like the farting sound every time like there's like an advertisement or somebody talks yeah, I think we're, I think we're at that part yeah that's Matt Stone and Trey Parker like describing their firsthand experience they wrote wrote it into Stan you know Apparently Mad Max is a up oh, nope wait they can't count they have other stuff in the Mad Max universe now. There's Furiosa. Yeah, exactly. I'm excited for Furiosa, but that's neither here nor there. I, All right, so to, is, yeah. do we have anything else to say about Dial Destiny? Because I do want to delve into some Star Wars rumors and nonsense. Sure. Um, I wish it didn't exist, and I mean that wholeheartedly. <laughs> okay, Joe. I think for once you and I are the two most positive ones on the call about this movie. Yeah, I'm surprised. Yeah. I'm surprised Zang- Chris. No, I expected Chris to dislike this, but Zanger's a little surprising. Zanger's usually glass half full with something like this. Nope, guys. It there was an Indiana Jones movie in theaters, and he didn't even go. That's where we're at as a culture. <laughs> Chris, you saw this in theaters, right? Yeah, I did, but that's yeah. just because I'm a broken person who can't resist. <laughs> <laughs> I want that on my tombstone. I'm a broken person and can't resist. <laughs> because I remember when I remember when this would have been a it, it would have, it's you know it would be a foregone conclusion that you would go and see a new Indiana Jones movie. But uh, you, you know where it's just I'm I I was I you know I feel like it's just a consequence of like my specific age. It's like I remember when things were good, and that has imprinted on me so hard that I have a hard time dealing in a universe where no good films come out anymore. Unfortunately. Yeah. It's weird. <laughs> All right. So, uh, dial destiny aside, star Wars rumors. So first and foremost, it looks like we are not getting skeleton crew anytime soon. The latest conjecture is that is going to be a holiday 2024 release. Chris, how disappointed are you that you will not get to see skeleton crew until this time next year? I think it's, um, you know, the fact that I actually don't care if I see Skeleton Crew or not is like progress for me as a person. It, it's, it's, it's a net positive for your overall well-being. Yeah, like I like I do. I, I do want to watch Andor season two, but oh, like I, I, I actually and I mean, I do. I think they'll probably ruin it because they somebody saw that season one was good and some executive was like we can't have that so the the next season will probably be terrible because uh you know it was positively compared to their other projects and we can't have that because it was sort of a they they were sort of left to its own devices and it can't be better than the mainline stuff so we better just put a monkey wrench in there right but um you know it'll probably be bad but you know skeleton crew i has i they haven't marketed it i don't even know what it is you know like i'm sure if you really if you want to read some some uh, some blogs, you can find out plot details, but they haven't tried to market to me. They haven't shown anything. No, I outside of what a couple of like grainy like cell phone camera images. We really don't know anything about this outside. It's supposed to be Star Wars Stranger Things. Which I am which like, you know, I watched a few episodes of season one. Not for me as far as Stranger Things is concerned, you know. 
it's you can't get me with your 80s nostalgia because i wasn't there you know you like that chris yeah that's (laughs) wow zach zach made a graphic of uh of a tombstone with the quote that i made earlier that i'm a a broken person and i can't resist i think i think you know i i think me and zach are the same in that way he's just in a little bit more denial about it than i am i think that's what check the group chat okay Okay, it should be noted that Joe is wearing a fedora. He disappeared for a couple of minutes, but he is wearing a uh, he, – he's living his best life right now. I am Iowa Smith now. Zach, whatever. <laughs> still that. Russ is not part of this call, but he just looked at the meme I put in the group chat. So you can't imagine what Russ is surmising what's happening right now. <laughs> Uh, we hardly knew you Zach (laughs) I don't know what I missed but I'm all about it (laughs) I think I just found my new Facebook header image (laughs) oh my god and and laid laid at the base of the tombstone where all the ticket stubs that was filmed Zach in 2011 and they're all been terrible it's really a shame no Chris it's just sequel trilogy merchandise that lines my grave (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> oh man oh my yeah. god good, good insulation good insulation yeah nobody say anything in there just let russ like <laughs> yeah. we're lucky that just, rob didn't. we should all be lucky rob hasn't clicked on this yet because that would just be pandora's box I, hold on uh, i got a question why didn't it say why doesn't it say movie fan question mark I only I can only give get so many lines for free. I think the, okay. the fifth line required a subscription. Singer, any, anyone who knew him will understand. It's fine. <laughs> oh man, that's definitely going to be in the Instagram post. That's. <laughs> oh my god! All right. Um, well, Zenger was in, uh, indisposed. Joe was getting his fedora. All right, going through Star Wars rumors. Skeleton crew has been delayed until this time next year. Exactly. Okay, that's one response. Joe, how disappointed are you that uh, Skeleton Crew is going to be twelve months away? I'm not surprised. Checks out. Not surprised at all. Yeah, because it could be as good as. Book of Boba Fett if they wait another 12 months. We can only hope it's as good as Book of Boba Fett. Only hope. It'll probably be better than that. You know, it's amazing. You know, they they felt the need to dust off Tamira Morrison for those that series, but you know, uh, Shia LaBeouf is just off limits. All right, I'm I'm done. It's all it's all good. Tamora Morrison's at least a good sport. He's just happy to cash the paycheck. He's like, I get to be in the Kenobi show and the Boba Fett TV show all at once. And the Mandalorian. I think they're both equally crazy, personally, but that's just me, I guess. Are they? No, one's just Australian or whatever, New Zealand. <laughs> Not know, even what, close. Whatever. Yeah. All right. Okay. All right. <laughs> <He's> well, Australian. <laughs> <laughs> Man, Zenger just completely burned an entire country with us right now. He's just like goddamn Australians and New Zealand. The listener count went from like two and a half to like zero. Don't don't worry. They're the, yeah, they're the same population as Canada. You're not doing. It's not a big problem. It's all right. <laughs> God damn it, Zanger. All right. So the other really big rumor that's going around is that allegedly that the next Star Wars movie is not the Ray movie, but apparently Disney is fast tracking 
all the Mando season four scripts and trying to make a movie out of it. That Mando Yay. season four will not be a, a TV season, but a actual movie movie in new Jedi order. Ray, not episode 10 is going to be probably at the absolute earliest 2026. Push it back. What I, what I like about that is that the Ahsoka show was just a eight hour teaser for this movie that they haven't figured out yet. So they better get to it quick. Yeah. They waste Thrawn on that, on just having them sit above a planet for the next two years, that's going to be a pretty tough thing to buy. God, I, I'm excited for that. I just want to see just them cutting back to him constantly, which is the ship floating in atmosphere. Sorry, above atmosphere. Mm, good stuff. <laughs> okay. Um, and then last but not least, maybe the most important question of the night and what we probably should have uh, titled this. Like, I feel like, Chris, maybe we should actually title the episode this instead of Dial Destiny Review. It should be... Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron December 2023. What? December 2023 was supposed to be the original release date of Patty Jenkins Rogue Squadron. Okay, so it's like we're uh, we're mourning the death of Rogue Squadron on its uh, anniversary. I don't know. It's kind of fun to think. Like once Patty Jenkins got out of the Tesla and then went into the trunk of the Tesla, what? Like it's kind of fun to think. That was what? Over three years ago they announced that? Good God. Think about that. That was what? Right around the same time as Mando season two ending. You know, what's actually a faster path to your Star Wars movie coming out than uh, than being an accomplished director and having a personal story that you're going to tell to Lucasfilm and they sign off on it and it gets made. The faster path to having your Star Wars movie made is to actually fail your pitch to Disney because Rebel Moon comes out in exactly one week. But he was pitching. Okay. To be fair, Hack Snyder was pitching that in like 2014. Like that was not like something that was ever going to actually happen. That was like a, like a very abstract like concept. Yeah, well, you know, people have uh, – I forget who it was. Somebody was like, oh, man, I'd love to make a horror movie on Hoth where the Wampas are like wrecking shop in the Rebel base. Like, you know, none of that good – none of that – it's not narratively contributing to the Skywalker. Skywalker saga, but uh, you know, it might be entertaining, but it's not none of that's ever gonna happen. And um, you know, I just you know, Zack Snyder is very hit or miss for me. Like, I'm not one of those like Snyder fanboys who's just like everything he ever did is great. I just think it will be funny if it turns out good because Lucasfilm passed on it. And for that reason alone, I hope that it turns out good and also to be to be mildly entertained by it, as I was by Godzilla minus one. Yay! Yeah, that's <laughs> that's all I gotta say about it. That'd be something, though, if 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 it actually caught and Netflix got its own like answer to Star Wars. Yay! Do we really need Netflix to succeed? Yeah. Use code Zingness at checkout. It's the only. It's the only. It's the only <laughs> streaming service that has that has original content. Whoa, 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 wait, wait, whoa, 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 whoa! Hold up, hold up. Are you saying Solar Opposites is not original content for Hulu? I'm saying I've never. I've never seen Solar Opposites, but... Among other shows that I can't think of and or name? But I am definitely going to be pirating someone's Netflix account so I can watch it. Wait a second! Everything on Disney Plus! Hmm. Zach, I don't care if Netflix wins. I just need Disney to lose. (laughs) Man, a General Hawk's Rise of Skywalker quote. Now that, that is speaking my language. All right, let's just let's uh, we're gonna punch this episode of the podcast in the face and then wake up in our apartment somewhere in New York City. 
So concludes this episode of the Knights of Vader, a Indiana Jones podcast. Check out the Facebook group. Type Knights of Vader in the Facebook and you will find us there waiting for you. Find Chris on Instagram as at KOV Podcast, where he will be posting a picture of a mean tombstone that I made. If you like what you hear, please rate us on Spotify. My favorite thing in life is going up to people in my personal life, asking if I can borrow their phones for two seconds, scrubbing through an episode, then rating the podcast a five out of five. I can only imagine the catastrophic detrimental that things that's doing for us in the Spotify algorithm. But when you're not listening to this podcast and having to steal other people's phones so people will maybe listen to this, Chris, what are you up to? For the Knights of Vader listeners, the funniest thing they could look up if they would like more cynical comments from me would be to check out. Uh, I was on two two unbelievers live streams with Russ where we just like watched weird videos that Russ wanted to watch, and uh, you, that that might amuse some of you as it has Russ and it has me to a lesser extent. So check out the unbelievers on YouTube. All right, Iowa Smith, where can people find you? Well, you're gonna see my next great adventure. When I go up against the Kaiser. <laughs> <laughs> Iowa Smith's going to be Joe, but like, but like, you know, twenty uh, percent more handsome because that's only that's as much more handsome as Joe could get. So it's going to be like a fictional- seventy-five. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah. So it's going to be it's going to be Iowa Smith. But he looks kind of like Joe, and he's fighting the Kaiser, and it's going to voiced by me. And you're going <laughs> to be able go. to see that within two years, and I'm going to hold you to that, Joe. It's going to be I it's will. technically it's- possible. It is possible. We're going to make it happen. We're going to make it happen. Instead of a bull whip, I'm going to do like a... Oh, man. It's got to be something a, weird. Got to be something weird. Maybe a javelin pole. <laughs> because, you know, I, I was a all-star javelin pro back at Iowa State. That's where I got my name, Iowa. <laughs> so we got... We're building he's na- it. He's named after the cat. <laughs> <laughs> He's named after his gerbil. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Grand Admiral, when you are not getting uh, punched in the face by this movie, what are you up to? I, I, I do sing this. You, you, all, you all have heard it before. But I am currently eyeing my eyes on a Trapper Wolf helmet. So At Ross for $29.99. God, I, I'm, I am desperately trying to stumble across it. That helmet is... It's not worth more than twenty nine ninety nine. So it isn't, but I might have to pay more, and that's the problem. Chris, I went to a toy show a couple weeks ago. The sheer amount of Trapper Wolf helmets that people were selling for eighty percent off was like staggering. Like it was, whoo, it was a doozy. The newest item that anybody had at their booth, and they could not do anything to unload. Where, it. Uh, where I would have bought several for no reason other than to just own them. Oh my god! It's Life Day Chewbacca. It's the Vintage Collection Life Day Chewbacca. Yeah, it won't. Okay, there it is. So I wouldn't have I wouldn't have bought this Life Day Chewbacca, but I was at like an Illuminati Star Wars collector Christmas party in Pennsylvania, and and they have this like white elephant gift exchange, and I got this with the deluxe uh, black chrysanthemum in a box, which in Canadian dollars that is a hundred dollars in two, three and three quarter action figures. That was my uh, white elephant gift. That's the the, st- the scale of Illuminati Star Wars collector <laughs> Christmas parties this was. Illuminati so, Star Wars Christmas party. That is a phrase I never thought I'd hear. This need, yeah. 
<laughs> this needs to be kept carded. Otherwise, it has no value because it's a red tissue on a standard Chewbacca figure. The card back is the <laughs> hilarious value of this. But uh, that I mean, that that deluxe three and three quarter Kersantan is possibly the most beautiful three and three quarter figure I've seen in years. Like and he's way better than the other one because he's got an angry face and a beer stein in the box. I have a question. At said at said Illuminati Christmas party, did everybody have to wear those red togas? Uh, yeah, it was. You know, it's just like Bohemian Grove. Like we made a sacrifice to Moloch, and then we started giving out all the Star Wars presents to everyone. Good. Did you get an orb too, or no? Uh, you know, I just want you to imagine it as uh, as amazing as you can imagine it, and then add like twelve percent. Okay. Like that's so what it was 100, like. One hundred and twelve. Zach, there was a guy, this guy's house, he had a Christmas tree that only on all, the only thing on it was every Star Wars Hallmark ornament ever That made. sounds like my and Christmas tree. none of those tree. cheap ones. That's it. That's it. But it was just like, he had the, he had the Gungan sub, like right back to the beginning. Like everything. It was, it was really, it was like the, the, the Hallmark tree was like, it was so expensive that it was probably approaching one fifth of his vintage Star Wars collections value. It was insane. The Hallmark stuff isn't that expensive, though. You can get most of that. Like, it, it, the hardest part is just tracking it down more than it is like anything like specifically. I don't know that uh, that that carbon freeze chamber. Uh, it, it you know you got to pre-order that stuff. I found one store that has still had a, fl- uh, a display model here, and they would not sell it to me. They're like, you know how long our waiting list is for that display model? You can just get out of here. We're not even taking your name. One of those ten guys. That is thing. Take it. Okay, I want to state that for the record. Like I remember when that thing debuted, like in July. I laughed at how stupid it was. I'm like, it's cool, like as like a prop to put on one's desk, but as a Christmas ornament, it's like sacrilegious and blasphemous. Like. It no. looks. It looks like a soda can. Like it you, does. You have, you have to get right up to it to even see what's going on. Yeah, but uh, it's funny and it's uh, audacity and it's uh, flying too close to the sun. Nature. Absolutely. And that's the thing. And then like it sat there, became like a weird like scalping item because a part of like a bunch of like collecting scalping groups on part of are like, yeah, like go buy this thing for 60 bucks. You can flip it for like $200 easily. And then like I found one a couple weeks ago at a Hallmark. And like the box was on the shelf and the person behind the counter is like, you want to buy it? Like we have it behind the counter so no one takes it. I'm like, no, I'm good. They're like, really? And I'm like, nah, this, it's kind of stupid. And I'm like, <laughs> like, it's probably the first Star Wars thing that I've looked at that's hard to find. And like this went like, this is like, I don't want this in my collection. Did you get the, did you get the Katana instead? That's a new one that no, looks pretty good. I did not. It's funny this year. Well, I think I kind of got burnt out on Star Wars ornaments last year because I bought all the interactive ones that like connect. And then I realized it only does like the first half of the movie. It doesn't even do like – it doesn't do anything after the rescue of Princess Leia from the Death Star. And after spending like $200 on ornaments last year, I'm like the only Star Wars ornament I want this year is the uh, Revenge of the Sith Anakin. I don't want any of the Mandalorian. The Book of Boba Fett Rancor thing might be like the dumbest thing I've ever seen. Yeah. I can't even justify. Yeah. As somebody who has a Padme Attack of the Clones Christmas ornament, I cannot justify Boba Fett riding a Rancor. I just can't. I, I feel like at that point, like God will just strike my tree on fire. It, it was a bit of a cultural moment in that it might have been Star Wars's lowest point ever. 
But um, it, you know, it's it's uh, other than that, Zenger and you know, Zenger could not be less interested in the Hallmark ornament discussion. But I would, oh, I'm 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 currently trying to find the cheapest Trapper Wolf hat on. I mean, that that. Trapper Wolf hat <laughs> is that what we call Cowboy Hat Man now? Trapper Wolf hat. <laughs> he brings that up, but it's like you know, it's so it's so weird the stuff Zenger gets attached to because like there is no universe in which a Trapper Wolf helmet is cooler than Joe's fedora. Or any of the Hallmark ornaments we were talking about. I don't. But I want it. Why? I, I want to. I want to find it somewhere you, for cheap, cheap. But I can't. Do you have the Luke or the what? The what other one they made? The web. No, why would I have those? Those are people. People like. He has the Poe Dameron one. He's embarrassed to admit he owns it. Dude, God, I wish. I had. A, I, I when I was. I went to the Cincinnati Toy Show and my friend bought the Poe Dameron one because it was forty dollars, and I made fun of him the whole drive home. I was like, "What are you gonna do with that?" <laughs> It's like he he literally bought it because he thought he could resell it at his store. I'm like, no one wants the Poe Dameron helmet. That's why it was forty dollars. <laughs> I don't know. Anyways, that's the first. That was like the first Black Series helmet, and it still has no value. What are you gonna do? Anyways, thank you, and Inferiority Complex, for parading our theme song. Good night. Parading our theme song. I don't even know anymore. Good night, but not goodbye. And as always, may the force be with you. believe some guy was like rob wasn't who was that rob guy don't let him on your show ever again that you know like that that was some of the he had a point (laughs) (laughs) you should have commented that back he might have a point (laughs) but that's what rob does though like there should be like once a year we should have something called like we expose rob to this (laughs) 